Before our break, we were talking about these mental factors, subsidiary awarenesses that are very much uh, involved in any meditation practice, alertness, mindfulness, attention, concentration. And we saw that in Mahamudra meditation, all of these are involved. And so I think that now we are ready to try this meditation. After we do just a very brief uh, preparation, then we will try to just uh, pay have our attention go to the nature of the mind in other words in each moment of our experience what we want to focus on is the actual arising and engaging with cognitive objects we don't have our attention go to the actual object itself now, of course, the object is part of this activity, because the activity is an activity, a mental activity regarding an object. But we want to pay more attention to the structure of what's going on, if we can describe it that way. And so, whether we are just seeing the floor in front of us, whether we are hearing some uh, sound, whatever that sound might be, feeling the chair or cushion underneath us, or thinking a thought, the same. And particularly when some thought arises, uh, the text suggests uh, two methods. One is to recognize it for what it is. And the other is cutting off the thought like uh, in a duel with swords. Now, recognizing the thought doesn't mean that in our mind we say thought. 
А распознавание мысли за то, как признание в ней того, чем она является, не означает ментальный возраст, какой-то внутренний возраст мысли. But rather what it means is to focus on the conventional nature of that thought, what's actually happening. And then not follow the thought out, don't continue it. And as the quotation in the text goes, it's like a bird that uh, is released from a ship on an ocean, the middle of the ocean, there's nowhere that the bird can go except come back to the ship. And so likewise, there's no place that the thought can, do, can go. It just dissolves back into the uh, basic level of the mind. Or if we follow the other method of just cutting off the uh, thought, we still come down to the same nature of the mind when the thought is cut off. Okay, let's try this and as I've mentioned many, many times it's not easy to actually identify what we're focusing on. Давайте попробуем выполнить эту медитацию, как я уже неоднократно говорил ранее, это довольно нелегко, если не сказать трудно, вычленить то, на чем мы собираемся фокусироваться и побывать. But it is not an exercise in just sitting there and spacing out and not being attentive of anything. И это, опять же, не есть какое-то упражнение, которое состоит только в таком сидении, безумном, полном, расфокусированном, расслабленном состоянии. Окей. Now, we begin with the nine rounds of breathing. Итак, как мы уже говорили с вами, мы начинаем с девяти циклов дыхания. First, uh, three times in the right nostril and out the left, then three times in the left, out the right, and then three times in both and out of both. You might want to quiet down for a moment before you begin, if you're not already quiet.
then we reaffirm the safe direction that we're going in life in terms of Buddha Dharma and Sangha. Direction is the true pathway, the true stoppings, the true pathway minds as existent full on the mind streams of a Buddha and in part in the mind stream of the Arya Sangha. That's the direction I want to go in in my life. And thinking of the suffering of others and having compassion, the wish for them to be free of it. I am aiming for my own future enlightenment. That has not yet happened, but can happen on the basis of my Buddha nature. And I'm definitely going to work to attain that in order to benefit everybody the best. And I'm not going to stop until I gain that full attainment. Then to build up the positive force and deep awareness and purify, we do the seven-part practice. Visualizing our root guru, form of a Buddha or whatever form of a meditational deity, a form of uh, his own form or her form, whatever is comfortable. Actually, we should have started doing that already when we did the refuge. But in any case, we offer prostration. and make beautiful offerings. We openly admit all the negative things that we've done and regret them and try to try not to repeat them at all. Открыто признаем во всех тех прегрешениях, неблагодеяниях, которые нам довелось совершить, 
сожалеем, они тебе обещают не совершать их вновь. And rejoice in all the positive things that we ourselves have done, and all the positive things that the Buddhas and the great masters and others have done. And request our teachers and the Buddhas, please teach. And please don't leave. I continue teaching me and everybody until we achieve enlightenment. We're serious. Призываем их не покидать нас, не оставлять нас без своих наставлений, пребывать с нами, учить нас до тех пор, пока мы не достигнем полного процветания. And whatever positive force has come from this and will come from the meditation that follows, may it act as a cause to reach enlightenment for the benefit of everyone. And then request our Guru, please inspire me to be able to actually recognize and focus on the nature of the mind and in this way overcome all the mental obscurations and realize all potentials to actually reach enlightenment to help everyone. Usually we do this by reciting the Guru's name mantra or Tsongkhapa's verse Miksema or just the Buddha mantra. Mantra of Buddha Shakyamuni is Om Muni Muni Mahamuni Soha. And then our Guru very happily and pleased with us comes to the top of our head. Very small, facing in the same direction as we are. And 
and dissolves into us going down the central channel and dissolving into our heart and we become our body, speech and mind become inseparable from his or hers. We feel very joyous at this. And stopping any further chaotic, haphazard thoughts that we might have. Or eyes wandering here and there, any sort of extraneous mental activity. We just focus on the nature of the mind, nature of mental activity in each moment, and the rising of a cognitive object, engaging, and just that, nothing more. Being fully attentive, mindfulness holding on like mental glue to this object, alertness keeping watch. And being decisive about what the conventional nature is. And any thought that arises, see that as the in the nature of the mind and don't follow it out. If your mind starts to get dull, you start to space out. You can usually notice that with your eyes getting out of focus. So notice that with alertness and restate re-establish uh, your attention by having your eyes be back in focus. Doesn't mean that we pay close attention to what we're seeing, but uh, we want the mind to be in focus, and that helps. And then we always end our meditation with a dedication, whatever positive force comes from this, may it act as a cause to reach enlightenment for the benefit of all. 
того благого потенциала, который был обречен в ходе выполнения ее, благо всех живых существ и нашему собственному достижению и просветлению в будущем. Okay. Any questions? Or comments? You're actually able to do this a little bit? Yeah, Peter. При описании процесса медитации приводятся некоторые метафоры, как известная метафора с волнами, которые успокаиваются и так далее, и так далее. И для меня очень сложно в процессе непосредственного созерцания не визуализировать предмет этой метафоры. Возможно, это как бы характер мышления, потому что у меня совершенно автоматически возникает ну, вот именно образ океана с волнами или снега падающего в воду и так далее, так далее, независимо инструкции. Есть ли какой-то традиционный или, может быть, не совсем традиционный совет на эту тему? So it might be my personal problem or might be a general problem with, for people with uh, visual orientation, so yeah, visual thinking. Because you're using all those metaphors like uh, oceans, waves and the snow falling on the surface of the lake and so forth. When anyone is trying to meditate, he's uh, unconsciously like un- unwillingly always bringing up the visual representations of those metaphors and can't help visualizing uh, oceans of the Uh, waves of the ocean quieting down, calming down, or snow flakes falling on the surface of the lake and so forth, and it seems to be an obstacle. So how would you suggest, uh, how would you recommend to deal with those visualizations? Mm-hmm. So let me just repeat the question. If we are very visually oriented and these various metaphors like the wave on the ocean, thoughts being like the wave of the ocean, come up as actual visualizations during the meditation process, how do we prevent these from becoming an obstacle? Basically, we take that into the meditation and we see that the visualization itself has the same nature of, uh, you know, mind, of awareness, the arising of a mental object and cognitively engaging with it. Мы можем принять это все на путь, сделать это все частью медитации и рассматривать возникновение волн нашей визуализации или падающей на поверхность озера снежинки, как опять же когнитивный акт, в котором мы усматриваем его относительную природу, а именно возникновение образов и восприятия и отсутствие чего-либо иного, чем это. Anyone else? А когда нет никаких мыслей, зачем? When we don't have any thoughts present, yeah. what to watch then? If we don't have any thoughts present, what to watch? Well, we have our friends outside on the building construction making noise. We are, and each moment we are hearing something, we're seeing something, feeling the clothing on your body, the seat underneath you. Mind hasn't stopped. 
а ум наш никогда не останавливается. Наши друзья снаружи производят какие-то ремонтные строительные работы, а ум наш, глаза наши всегда что-то довидят, мы всегда что-то слышим, все время имеем какие-то активные ощущения, контакт с одеждой, с сиденьем и так далее. So whether we're thinking a thought or we're not thinking any thought, nature of the mind is the same. It's very important to recognize the continuity, the unbroken continuity of mental activity. In between the meditation sessions, like out of meditation sessions, it is it seems to be much more difficult to retain all those three mental factors crucial in meditation like attention, mindfulness and vigilance. Uh, how can we, what can we use to sort of... Mm. So the question is, outside of our meditation practice, it is difficult to maintain mindfulness and alertness and to keep our attention proper. The main focus that we use for these mental factors is our behavior behavior of body and speech. In Shantideva's engaging in Bodhisattva behavior, he has two chapters on ethical discipline. The first chapter is called the, I translate it as the caring attitude. This is, uh, I really care about and I take seriously the effect of my behavior on myself in the future and the effect of my behavior on others. And so I am concerned about cause and effect. I take it seriously. Therefore, I will restrain from negative behavior. And then the second chapter deals with mindfulness and alertness. We need to hold on to our discipline, which is basically restraint from acting negatively. So we hold on to that with mindfulness and alertness watches when we are letting go. And if you've let go of it, 
and are about to act negatively, Shantideva repeats over and over again, act like a block of wood, don't do anything. И затем избрав такое безупречное законодательное поведение, признав его должным необходимым, мы затем учимся ему следовать в быту, удерживая его с помощью этого фактора пометования. Пометование означает, что мы воздерживаемся от всяких безнравственных или этических недостойных поступков. Therefore, we develop and train these mental factors of mindfulness and alertness with ethical discipline, particularly with our gross behavior of body and speech, so that uh, then it is going to be uh, possible to apply it to the to our mind, to our mental activity, particularly in meditation. Hmm. So, if we have difficulty maintaining this mindfulness and alertness between meditation sessions in terms of our mind, at least try to, uh, our mental activity, at least try to uh, have it maintain it in terms of our behavior of body and speech. And if we are able to apply it to this mindfulness and alertness to our minds, even if we're not able to apply it in terms of staying focused with attention on the nature of the mind, at least use it for uh, maintaining ethical discipline of our mental activity to uh, restrain from negative mental activity. Atisha said it uh, very nicely in his uh, uh, garland of bodhisattva gems. He said, when alone, watch your mind. Watch out for your mind. When with others, watch out for your speech. Uh, 
Да. Да. Okay, so it, what he's saying is that it's a little bit easier with mental thinking. Obviously, thinking is mental, but uh, with uh, mental cognition, particularly thinking, that uh, we have a line of thought. We don't follow out the line of thought, but what about seeing or hearing? Now, with the line of thought, of course, getting caught up in the line of thought means to follow out the line of thought and let it continue. So we need to cut that, or if we just look at the nature of the thought, it is going to end, and it ends anyway. Don't uh, uh, get carried away by the stream of thought. But uh, it's true, with seeing or hearing, it's different. But with uh, seeing or hearing, what we focus on is just the nature of that actual seeing and hearing. Now, it's just the arising of an object and uh, cognitively engaging with it. Now, the continuity of seeing and hearing will go on as long as the sound continues and the sight, whatever it is, is still in front of our eyes. But we don't think about it. We don't pay attention so much to the actual object. You just stay with the nature of the mind. Uh, 
переключится. Итак, не уделяя особое внимание самому воспринимаемому объекту, то есть свет упорный или сущности какого-то там звука, природе какого-то звука, мы воспринимаем, мы изучаем, уделяя внимание тому, как он возникает, как он присутствует в поле нашего внимания, в поле нашего восприятия и как он нами воспринимает и познается. Now, I haven't actually seen this in the text, but what this suggests to me is that we can make a distinction here, similar to the distinction that we make in terms of voidness meditation. A division into two. Usually, when we speak about the division between total absorption, that's Nyamshak, and the subsequent attainment, which is Jetop, I we're talking about what is it that we are cognizing and focusing on with total absorption, so total concentration, and then when we uh, arise from that, what is the understanding that we subsequently attain to that, which we can maintain both in meditation and after meditation. Собственно, медитативную погруженность на медитативную абсорбцию, так когда мы вовлечены целиком в медитацию, пребываем на объекте единонаправленно, и тем, что именуется постмедитативным состоянием. Don't call it post-meditation. That's totally misleading. It's what you subsequently attain. Jesu Topa. And it is also in meditation. It's not only after meditation, it's in meditation. I know, but that's I don't agree with that translation at all of post-meditation because it gives you the impression that you're not meditating anymore. It is the understanding it's like, for instance, when you're, fo- when you're doing voidness meditation, you focus in galupa, you focus on the deepest truth, and then subsequently you focus on the superficial truth. So, having understood the deepest truth, subsequently, what understanding do you attain concerning the conventional truth? So, you're still in meditation. So that is divided into two: what is in meditation and what's in between meditation. Субтитры 
So, both of these, we're not talking about a period of time, we're talking about a mind. And concerning this uh, mind, it is it has a certain cognition, and when it's perfected, it's called a deep awareness, a yeshe. Well, it's called the deep awareness, called the yeshe. So it's a state of mind, it's an understanding, a realization. Now, this division is not only in terms of voidness, meditation. In voidness meditation, we focus on, during total absorption, no such thing as true existence or impossible existence. And then subsequent our subsequent understanding that we attain based on that is that nevertheless conventionally things function like an illusion. So, similarly, if we are focusing on the conventional nature of the mind, this is what's suggested by this. We could have total absorption on just the nature of the mind here instead of voidness. We're talking about a, uh, an arising of a cognitive appearance and engaging with it. And subsequently attained from that understanding would be the understanding in terms of the content, that the content nevertheless arises like an illusion as an appearance of the mind. And so, in total absorption, we're focusing on the nature, here conventional rather than deepest nature, and subsequently attained, we focus on appearances. Focusing on appearance. Things appear despite being void of true existence and likewise, like an illusion, and things appear despite just, you know, mental activity. 
То есть вещи являются, объекты являются невзирая то, что ли, они пустые субъекты, принимающие вкус от истинного самого и невзирая на то, что все это лишь ментальная активность, лишь возникновение и восприятие невзирая я и ума отличного от этого. Тем не менее, все они проявляются, возникают, воспринимаются. So, this is why the first pension lama says very clearly, you know, you other traditions, you might think that just, you know, uh, focusing on the conventional nature of the mind and then seeing all appearances as appearances of the mind, that you've got it, you know, you've uh, achieved enlightenment when you have that all the time. Actually, you've only been focusing on the conventional nature of the mind. You haven't been focusing on the deepest void nature. Even though it has this structure of total absorption and subsequently attained deep awareness. Что функционирует ум таким образом, что а, объекты возникают, а, воспринимаются, нет ничего кроме этого, ни я, ни ума отличного от этого, и затем в последующий период в следующие за этим постижения вы а, наблюдаете за объектами, затем как они а, появляются, тем не менее, подумать, что а, вы просветленные, вы достигли просветления, но это еще не вся проделанная работа, вся работа, которую необходимо проделать, а это ведь постижение относительной безусловной природы ума, и вы еще не затрагивали медитацию на его абсолютной глубинной природе, на его пустотности. particular exercise, or when we're walking around, just, you know, it's just an appearance of the mind. Итак, мы можем фокусироваться на различных э, видимостях, возникающих в нашем уме. Да, мы прогуливаем, видим одно, слышим другое, мы можем э, фокусироваться на этом, так сказать, в, э, в быту. But, you know, Tsongkhapa points out very clearly that just to understand that all appearances are appearances of the mind is not going to uh, eliminate your, your emotional and cognitive obscurations. You haven't gone deeply enough. Because the mind makes an appearance of true existence as well. And to just understand that an appearance of true existence is the appearance of the mind, doesn't stop the arising of uh, an appearance of true existence. Okay, so let us end here then. With a short dedication, we think whatever understanding, whatever positive forces come from this, may go deeper and deeper and act as a cause for reaching enlightenment for the benefit of all.